Brad Goldstein, Shrinking, and Tetris on this edition of TV Plus Talk. Welcome to TV Plus Talk. I'm Chuck Joyner. She is... I'm Charlotte Henry. We've made it to episode two, Chuck. We have, Charlotte. I, I love it. I love it. Folks, of course, you know me from Mac Voices. You know Charlotte from the edition. Uh, but this is TV Plus Talk, where we discuss Apple and their media presences, especially through their very own channel, Apple TV Plus. Charlotte, I know you're usually the one to set our agendas here, so uh-huh. I'll let you let you take it in a minute. But I have a little surprise for you. I got to spend yes. some time with a friend with a friend of yes. yours. You warned me about this before. I don't know what you're going to reveal. I'm slightly nervous. So I'm. I just sent Charlotte a picture in our in our Slack channel. Oh, hello. Take her a second to get it. Oh my goodness. This is, so people who can't say, I don't know if we'll cut it into the video, but this is just Chuck Joyner casually hanging out with Brett Goldstein. Exactly. Oh, well, exactly. Ted Lasso and a show that I want to talk about as well. <laughs> well, uh, Brett, Brett was one of the featured presenters at NAB. I was in NAB last, uh, last oh, week no, no, for, no. Um, and I'm, I have to tell you, Charlotte, I'm usually not one to, you know, succumb to star power and everything. I was just plain curious about this because they build the session as Brett talking about the creative process. And so, you know, instead of just being uh, Roy Kent and Ted Lasso, it was um, it was a, a really inter- interesting discussion. And I've I have to tell you, it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've I gained a new appreciation, I think, for for Brett and what he brings to the Roy Kent character. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. just I thought it was appropriate to uh, surprise you with this. Yeah, that's really cool. That you got to hang out with him, and it's I'm really interested. One, I was interested about your experience at NAB anyway. Um, and also, I'm interested in... The, Brett Goldstein is a particularly interesting character because not only is he one of, obviously, the star characters in Ted Lasso, but he's... I think he's a, he's a writer on the show, and he was a writer before he became Roy Kent. And there's quite a funny story he tells. I've seen clips of it online where he was like, well, I started writing Roy Kent and then realised it was actually me. So I did an audition tape and sent it to Jason Sudeikis... And a couple of the others being like, I quite like this. If you don't like it, let's never talk about it again. And then he obviously he ended up as Roy Kent. Um, so that must have been really interesting to hear from him, actually, because he's kind of on it, both sides of the camera. Yeah, it, it was. And he told that story. And it, but, but what was fascinating about it, first of all, as you said, I see, I didn't know any of this. Um, I didn't realize that he had been a writer on the show and then sort of worked his way into the show. But it was surprising to see how much of the Roy Kent character is Brett Goldstein in <laughs> like a natural <laughs> environment. And from the standpoint of just, but, but he's funny. He's humorous. Um, yeah. he's not quite the stern Roy Kent thing, but he, he delivers like Roy Kent. And so, yeah, it, it was, I, I had a great time listening to the session. Uh, it, you know, it, it was just fun. It, it, and it gave me a new appreciation yeah. for, for watching him portray Roy Kent. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to try and find that video. Maybe sometimes they put sessions up online, don't they, NAB? So I'll have to see if I can find, dig out that session. It sounds really cool. 
I have to say, yeah. Chuck, I've got to confess, while we're talking about Brett Goldstein, I've kind of fallen out of love with series, the latest series of Ted Lasso Series 3. It's just not doing it for me. See, now that's interesting because you had alluded to that the last time we talked a little bit. Yeah, and I'm finding that I'm enjoying it maybe a little more. Um, because right. it's I'll, a little... I think I'm up to episode five. Okay. Well, I, th- I think I'm current, so I'm not sure how many there are. Frankly, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a sure couple which, of weeks think, behind. Well, I, so in, which, I don't want to do, do spoilers here or anything, but I, I no. find it just it, – it's it's retaining some of the craziness, and I feel like it's backed off a little bit on some of the silliness. And so yeah, maybe that's why I'm Yeah, but there's also no I'm jokes. Oh, but where, where well, have the jokes then, gone, Chuck? There's some – oh, there's some there's – some, well, see, I don't want to I don't want to blow anything, so I'm, as for you right, or I'll anyone listening – so, you know, I, yeah, definitely keep going because there, there's some things that I felt like, yeah, they, they, they went back to the way they were earlier in the series, but there are also some serious, more serious storylines developing mm-hmm. that I appreciate because it, it's, it's, it's making the character seem more three dimensional as opposed to yeah. just two dimensional. Well, maybe when the season has ended, might even be by the time of our next show. Um, we'll have to come back and dissect the whole season of Ted Lasso, I think. I feel like we can't talk about Apple TV Plus and not do that. Um, yeah, I agree. Did you, did Brad Goldstein mention in his session what his actual career highlight is? He has two. Um, if you remind me of them, I will probably say so, yes, but right now I'm not pulling them out. Okay, so the second one is being a character in FIFA 2023, FIFA 23, which they put AFC Richmond into the game. So he played himself, he can play FIFA as himself as Roy Kent. So that's quite fun. But he says his biggest career highlight was being in Sesame Street and doing a scene with Elmo. Yes, he he talked about how much he loves Sesame Street. And, you know, and and of course, I'm thinking, okay, this is Roy Kent sitting on stage and he's thrilled about (laughs) being in Sesame Street. So it, it was, it was very, very interesting to see the, the very different aspects of of both brett goldstein and roy kent yeah i mean to be fair it would be anyone's career highlight wouldn't it to be with hang out with elmo for a bit so you know Uh, Um, i'm glad you mentioned brett goldstein come on if we could get elmo on the show we'd do it well (laughs) um okay (laughs) if you say so (laughs) um but i'm actually glad we've started talking about brett goldstein because he is on he is a writer, he's an executive producer, actually, of the show I really wanted to talk to you about, because it's my favourite thing on Apple TV Plus at the moment. I've, I've finished the whole lot and I thought it was brilliant. Um, is Shrinking, starring Jason Segal, uh, Harrison Ford. I kind of mentioned, I think, last time that I had started it and was really enjoying it. I've finished it now. And I think it's it's utterly brilliant. Um, they... It's funny. It's got all the, and it's by Bill Lawrence. So it's basically by the team that made Ted Lasso. And it's got all the brilliant elements of, of what we loved about Ted Lasso originally. And because it's Bill Lawrence as well, it also feels a bit like Scrubs. And actually, there's some great, some of the Scrubs actors appear at different points, and it's just great. Um, so that's really good. And uh, it's funny. It's charming. It can make you cry. It's just. There's so much going for it. It's only, I think it's 10, 9 or 10, basically 30-minute episodes. So it's a really easy watch and it's really enjoyable. Um, if people haven't had a chance to settle down with it yet, I really recommend it. 
I've really enjoyed it. I have to tell you that I was sort of dreading this discussion because I've not watched Shrinking, had no interest in Shrinking, didn't appeal to me at all. And and, and again, I, I mentioned earlier, and I think I said it last show, I'm not one that chases celebrities and say, oh, I really like Harrison Ford, so therefore I'll watch everything Harrison Ford is in. But uh, Just to say Harrison but, Ford is utterly brilliant. Well, uh, of course, you know, that almost goes without saying, but it's almost sure. like saying, okay, well, a, an actor you really like is in a rom-com. I'm never going to watch a rom-com. Sorry, just not going to do it. <laughs> but um, Brett talked about being a writer on Shrinking and the fact that Shrinking came about as sort of a uh, a combination of two different proposed shows, one which was very, very light and humorous. The other, which he, I think, I believe he was the one that proposed it, was very, very dark and deep. And they mashed the two together. And it's like, okay, now I'm having a little bit of appeal because that sounds like something that, again, is not frivolous or just silly. But if it has some dark elements to it, I'm not sure what this is about my personality, but that's another show. Um, but it, and, and then they showed some clips and it's like I was immediately hooked. I have not had a yeah. chance to start to watch it, but I, I feel like just based on his discussion of it, it made me want to watch it. Yeah. It's really interesting that he says about mixing the light and the dark because that, that first of all that's exactly what it does. It's about tragedy, but also it's hilariously funny. Uh, and unlike some of the other, some of the dark elements in Ted Lasso recently, I think have taken over. Whereas in this, it's always a theme. Like you know, going into it, you're dealing with tragedy, but it never loses the humour. There are some. The characters are brilliant. Um, and it, it never loses humour. And it really, when I was watching it, and I guess this is because I knew it was from Bill Lawrence, it really reminded me of the best of Scrubs, where you can laugh hysterically and cry in the same episode. And I I think it really does that really, really well. And the performances are really good. Like, the two stars, Jason Segal and Harrison Ford, are utterly brilliant. Well, well the clips... Uh, and like, yeah, the and that just saw, really I, I, leads the show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we have a little delay. Um, yeah, the, the, I guess the right upside scene just did not, did not interest me at all. But having seen the couple clips and hearing Brett talk about it, yeah, now I've, it's something I have on my watch list, uh, as something I will look forward to because I think it does sound, it, it sounds like more what the kind of thing I have the, a strong potential to enjoy. Yeah, I, I do think you would enjoy it, actually. Um, yeah, I think the, uh, there's some other characters. Uh, Gabby, the, one of the other central characters, is, is really brilliant um, in it. She's played by Jessica Williams, who is, puts in a fantastic performance. Uh, Jason Scar's daughter, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is the character. His daughter, Alice, is brilliant. Like, you'll rec- there's, um, uh, and the next door neighbour, Liz, you'll drive yourself mad trying to remember where know where you've seen her but she is uh jordan from scrubs um and i it was like i she, and when you look at it's that classic thing of when you look at the imdb you realize it's a it's an actress that has been in loads of stuff that you love so all, all the performances are great and um I, I thought the writing was great there's a little twist at the end which i won't spoil for you uh which 
clearly you're setting it up for season two and how that will play out. And it's you know there are really dark moments in it, but uh, always in an episode you'll never like. I never came away from an episode feeling like on a low, and I always was really looking forward to watching the next episode. If you see what I mean. That's a pretty high recommendation for any show. If you can, yeah, you know, especially you know when that kind of um up, you know, watch the next episode, it starts ticking down, and you're like, do you want to click the button to keep watching? And I was kind of like having to restrain myself from doing because I'd sort of you know watched for so long. But um, uh, and I think that's a part of the value of you know slightly shorter shows as well. You know, these thirty-minute quick hits. You kind of feel you can watch a couple of episodes, and they seem to have, they pack more of a punch, in my opinion. Um, I would agree with that. It 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 definitely makes them a little. Uh, I guess it de- it depends. Uh, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the restrictions of TV. Yeah, especially yeah. broadcast TV, because I, you feel like some some episodes sometimes the story gets rushed, sometimes it gets drug out, and I'm I'm really liking this some of the streaming things that okay they some go twenty nine minutes, some go forty three minutes. It really feels like that for the most part they're trying to tell the story more than fit the format. Yeah, I and, really and, agree and with I, that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I like that, that we were getting away from that. Um, and even so, I, I think that you're seeing writers and directors still struggling with that mentality that they have to, they have to fit certain formats. Um, and, and both for Apple TV shows and non Apple TV shows. So. Yeah, with shrinking, actually, it's quite noticeable. The last couple of episodes are a few minutes longer. Again, you know, you couldn't do that on a network. You'd have to cut a couple, you know, four or five minutes or something from it to get it into that tight 29, 30 minutes. Well, if it was on a network, it'd be 22, 23, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, But, you know, they don't have that. They can, they're like, I think 35 and 36 minutes the last couple of episodes, but don't feel like they're too stretched out. Um, They do it really, really well. I really enjoyed it as a show and I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get onto it when it first came out. It's been on... TV Plus for a while now, but it's really, really good. So if you haven't had a chance to check out Shrinking, it's really worth doing. I I, I don't want to take us too far back to Ted Lasso, but um, I find it interesting that the mental health storyline has been so important there, and now we have another sort of mental health-oriented show here. And so, you know, I, that this is a theme from the from these production teams, but also on Apple TV Plus, but also in our society right now um, yeah. during the during the pandemic and post pandemic, depending on which show we're talking about. So, I, 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 it, I mean, they are great messages to get out there that you know people have problems and there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's it should not be stigmatized like it has been in the past. Um, so I, I, it's, it's not often that a message resonates with me, uh, like that, but it, I just, I, I think it's interesting and I think it's a good, healthy message. Yeah, you're quite right. And the, the other interesting thing about it, if we want to be a bit cynical and go from a business perspective is we know this is an area that Apple at a corporate level has spoken about, 
has you know it's promoted apps about it it has its own kind of meditation app within fitness plus it's the kind of thing apple is interested in as a company so it's one of those ways where everything about the apple brand overall kind of works together isn't it you have these shows focusing on issues that apple really cares about you know print there's been stuff from prince harry out on apple tv but you know the stuff with oprah all of that stuff again on apple tv plus is talking about um mental health as well i hadn't thought about that but you're right i guess there is a broader there is a yeah. broader message and it is something that apple has has been a public a public advocate for so i don't know maybe there'll be more shows in this direction but I, I can also think of at least one other non-Apple TV Plus show where a therapist played a significant role. Right, um, right. And so, you know, this may just be, you know, one more thing that people are recognizing as part of a lot of people's lives and therefore p p people can relate to it. Yeah, oh, for, for sure. I just find it, I always find when we're discussing TV Plus, I always find it interesting to see how everything within Apple kind of links together. Good point. Good point. I always, I've always found that a kind of fascinating way because Apple has the capacity at, at a giant corporate level to do things across the board. Normally, it's things with music. So there's, you know, a big music documentary goes on TV Plus. There'll be a huge interview on Apple Music with Zane Lowe. All the clips will go out. You can listen to the music in Apple Music. And it just has a whole, you know, every Apple service is pushing the same thing. Um, but of course, it works on all different things, and it could be social issues like mental health, where Apple has all these different, I mean, it's a horrible way to put it, but different pieces of content that touch on that issue. I, you know, I hadn't really put it put it in those terms in my mind, but you, you're absolutely right that they have the opportunity to spread things out here a little bit to deliver a lot of a lot of messages that they deem important and advocate for them. Yeah. Um, and and you know now that I, now that you think about it, uh, thinking back to Mythic Quest, there yeah. were some things in there too. Uh, so yeah, you make a you make an excellent point. Oh, I'm so is Mythic Quest coming back? That would be very good for my mental health to have more Mythic Quest. I've got to tell you, <laughs> I I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. And we know there's a spin-off anyway, as we we mentioned in the last show. Well, it's a slightly different theme. But we've got a movie to discuss as well, haven't we? Because we both watched this. We have. We both watched and Tetris. I'll, I'll kick off because yes. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the performances were great. I thought it was really tightly done. It, you know, a movie, um, you know, two hours in this day and age really is to be commended because people seem to want to indulge two and a half, three hours. And they told the story really tightly. It was funny. It was action-packed i just thought it was great uh, for people that don't know it's the film that tells the story of get of the getting the rights to tetris from the soviet union um it touches on some really interesting bits of history as well i really really enjoyed it what was your take charlotte this is one that i i, I watched almost out of obligation because hey it's a computer-oriented movie and so <laughs> Yeah. And, I, and I'm not a gamer. I think I've played Tetris once, maybe twice in my life. So oh there was goodness. no interest there. I loved this movie. Yeah. This was so good. I I don't know how 
deadly historically accurate it is, but it really doesn't matter. It tells such a phenomenal story, and I know there's enough of a basis to that you know it it has a lot of truth to it, but that did not detract from the story at all. I thought it was no. Uh, it, it's a reason to subscribe to Apple TV Plus just to watch this movie. Uh, Joe, I really agree with you. If you can get a free trial, if you just want to pay for a month, it's worth, personally, I think it's worth doing to binge shrinking and watch this movie because I think they're both great. Taron Ergerton's performance in it as the main man, uh, Hank, Hank Green, isn't it? His name. Um, he's the main character who the story follows. And he's just, it's a brilliant performance from him. Uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of the movie thinking, how real is this? Did this really happen? Because some of it, particularly the bits set in the Soviet Union, Moscow, are completely balmy, aren't they? Well, they're they're very stereotypical of what we, we in the West think oh, of right. as the Soviet Union at that time. So, yes. you know, uh, only only folks who have been to the Soviet Union in that time period would be able to comment on how accurate those were or were not. But at the end of the day, it 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 plays so well that you just historically accurate or not, you can't help but enjoy it. Yes, all the different bits around corruption and backhanders and who's cheating on who and who's lying to who and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, you know, and, and the bad guys are bad up until they might be good, then you're not sure. And yeah, it, it just, it, it, and, and the, the tenacity with which he pursued the, the license. And I think we're both trying not to give too many spoilers here. Um, so, you know, it, if, I don't think we've really given anything away. And so we'll, we'll do our best not yeah, to. Yeah, although it but, is based on a true story. And I was particularly fascinated by the depictions of Kevin and Robert Maxwell, uh, the British media tycoons, um, who, yeah, so Robert Maxwell, there was, he emerged after, once he had died, that he had stolen £440 million from the Mirror Group pension fund that he owned. And we see him doing all sorts of slightly seedy things during the movie. His son, Kevin, is involved in this story and also was kind of dragged into legal uh, legal problems after the suspicious death of his father it was all quite messy but it was quite interesting to see them and obviously I appreciate any film with a slightly evil Brit in it because that's what we have to do so yeah <laughs> I, I thought I found that kind of the the way they dealt with that issue I, did, I had no idea of the story of Tetris at all, I didn't know it had come from the Soviet Union, I didn't know the, in, the involvement of the Maxwells. I didn't know any of it. So it was kind of fascinating because those bits are at least, I, I assume, factually accurate. I'm, I'm sure the various conversations and whatever else, you know, there's some artistic license with it. But. So, well, again, the, then the part I found the most interesting was that it seemed like one person claimed to have the rights but and they and then they sold the rights, but they never had the rights in the first place to sell, and so it became this puzzle. Sorry, but it became this puzzle of mm. who actually <laughs> owns what rights and who do you sign up and pay to get those rights to distribute the game. Yeah. So it it and I think that must that almost had to be historically accurate because of the way that the business between East and West was done at that time. 
Yeah, and it does at the end explain the of the key characters. It does explain the kind of end for all of them, and you know the yeah. reality of how the Tetris Company came about, etc., etc., etc. So there was obviously yeah. quite a lot of truth in it, but yeah, you can you have to assume some artistic license. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. And not to, and and this was this is not a spoiler, but I I particularly like these kind of movies when at the end of the movie they show you photos of the actual yeah. people, and give a little synopsis of kind of how they ended up, you know what the rest of the story was that that they you didn't it really wouldn't have fit in the film it would have just drugged the film out but you're left with wonder whatever happened to you know did the Maxwells get away with the, this or not and you know did. Did the developer live happily ever after? And yes. did the, the marketing guy live happily ever after? And, you know, so the, the, just top to bottom, this is just so well done. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you did. I thought when I was watching it, I thought you would enjoy it, but I'm glad you did. I, I sort of assumed I would enjoy it, but I probably enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And, and again, as I said at the outset, I watched it out of an, a sense of obligation just because I knew that – well, I knew we'd be talking about it here because of Apple TV+. Plus. But just in general, I knew it would be part of the tech conversation. And, Very. yeah, it, it was absolutely not a chore at all. I I will go back and enjoy rewatching it sometime in the future. Now that I no. kind of know what the end of the story is, you'll pick up things along the way. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I, I also – just to go back to my earlier point – I quite like that Apple was not indulgent with how long this film is because, I mean, you and I have slightly laughed about this off air, I think, but how movies just seem to be getting longer and longer and longer. And in some ways, streaming allows that, right? Because you can make it a three-hour movie and you can watch it in a couple of chunks and it doesn't really matter. But this was really a kind of... It was so fast-paced, you just ploughed through it and it was, you know... And the tightness of it in that time frame really, really worked. And it kept the energy levels up throughout the whole film. Because everything depicted is happening relatively quickly. And it did have that sense of urgency, the film. You know, the fast-paced comment is interesting to me because I don't recall once ever looking at the the time and saying oh gee right. you know how much longer do I have, and that to me is the, the that's a good movie that's a good TV show that right. it pulls me in and I'm not thinking, and and I mean this goes to a whole different discussion Charlotte that we can have another time on another show, but it seems like our world more and more even right now with the AI and the ChatGPT stuff is you know okay I'm going to take this too long don't read piece and I'm going to condense it down so I can read it in four sentences and move on, and I. I, I'm a little concerned about you know that we're losing some of the 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 the, the depth of content, um, mm. but then again, as you said, it swings the other way it, it, with some filmmakers where they're making two and a half and three hour movies, and I'm finding that okay, I'm finding it harder to watch those, or or even sit down and start to watch those because I'm about to make a two and a half three hour commitment in time, even if it yeah. is in two or three chunks. Yeah. Well. Brace yourself, because I've read, I think, Killers of the Flower Moon, if it ever finally comes to Apple TV+, Plus, the Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone movie that we've heard about for about four years. Um, apparently, that is three and a half hours long, three hours 26 or something. Wow. <laughs> but if, it's, if that's what is needed to tell the story accurately and, and properly... 
you know, I mean, I, I have been in movies, lengthy movies like that, and th they had the same effect. The pace was good, and the story was being told, and there was no filler, and so the time just disappeared. Yeah, I guess so. I'm always slightly cynical that you need quite so long to tell a movie, but we'll see when that comes out. We'll have to discuss if we can face it, because that's quite a commitment, isn't it? Three hours, 26 of Leonardo DiCaprio. Three hours of 26 of anybody, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. we're doing four hours of this show. Didn't anyone tell you? Well, in how many episodes? <laughs> we're just going to stay here for a nice afternoon. It's going to be great. Oh, okay. Well, I'll call out for, for a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Get that delivery order in. Get that. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad it's back on. And I hope, uh, well, tell us in the comments and, you know, on YouTube and, and the podcast, whatever, if if you enjoyed this and if you've seen it, because we always like to hear from people what they're watching and what they see. And if you, you know, if there's any unfound gems that Chuck and I haven't discovered with the Apple TV Plus app, do let us know about that because we'd love to know what should be next on our to watch list. Definitely, definitely, because I've, I know I'm not one to just say, and I think we we talked about this in the first uh, the episode. I don't feel like just because it's on Apple TV Plus, I need to watch it. There are there no. are folks out there there are, there are Apple enthusiasts that do feel that way, and so I would love to know what you're watching and what you're enjoying, and maybe what you can steer me to, especially if. If you find out what I like, what Charlotte likes on Apple TV+, Plus, that may inform your recommendations. Well, there's the, the big action movie that's just come out, isn't there, on Apple TV+, Plus, Ghosted, which I kind of am intrigued to watch, maybe. I'm not sure it's really my thing, but it might be quite fun. Yeah, you know, it's one that I'll take a shot at, no question about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it stars uh, Chris Evans and Anna de Armas. So, you know, maybe if you were taking out that... Oh, he's apparently got Ryan Reynolds in there, and he's had a very big weekend. Um, so there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole load of quite good acts. You know, there's big stars in it, so that might be quite a fun action movie to check out as well. Agreed. Although Agreed. it hasn't, I have to be honest, got a very good Rotten Tomato Tomatoes uh, rating. So it's at thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty six percent on Metacritic. And 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb as I'm looking. See, this is why Charlotte is so great at doing this, because she tracks all those things. I just look at it and say, does it look interesting or not? Because half the time, I don't agree. Some of my favorite movies probably have, you know, ridiculously low ratings everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all about what you enjoy and what we yeah, enjoy. Yeah, that's true. And listen, I'm, again, it's only, it's a less than two hour commitment. I'm always up for a, Slightly ridiculous action movie, so maybe we'll check that out. <laughs> Just slightly ridiculous. The more ridiculous, the better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we will do this again next month. We should yes. also mention that uh, TV Plus Talk is uh, both on the Mac Voices feed and on Charlotte's uh, feed for the edition. Um, that way we can distribute it to both our audiences, and we're seeing how this goes. This is the second show. Please let us know what you think about it. You can reach me at chuck at macvoices.com. Charlotte? I'm at at Charlotte Henry on Twitter. Um, so you can, you can get in touch there, get in touch on LinkedIn, get in touch on all of those places. And you can subscribe at theedition.substack.com. 
This also goes out on both our YouTube channels as well, so hit the subscribe button on both of those. So you, you'll just find us anywhere you are, we probably are too. You can't escape us. But uh, until next month, Chuck, we've got lots to be watching, I think. That sounds good, Charlotte. Thanks so much. We'll see you then. Folks, we'll see you then. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.